Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I absolutely know, as we have been every one of our services, pretty much every weekend. There's people who are unbelievers in our sanctuary. You've never turned your life over to God. And all of these amazing, encouraging truths, and I have many more to give you, none of them apply to you. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, it is fair. Because these are only to Christ followers. See, there is no good news for you as an unbeliever. As exciting as it is to be reminded of the wonderful promises God has made to those who follow Him, there is one truth that should temper our enthusiasm. For all of the people that we know who are currently in rebellion against Jesus and His Father, none of the promises we hold dear apply to them. As Pastor Mark is teaching, we need to remember this fact and use it to spur us to speak to our unsafe friends. Those around us who are living in despair, who wander through their lives aimlessly, are closer to the truth than they know. Let's be sure to share life in Christ with them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 5 with part 3 of his message, Living Hope in and Beyond the Battle. So what do I do? What's Paul trying to say to these people? He's saying, you're not the only one that's suffering. The whole world is suffering if they're Christians. So what can I do? Well, I can pray for our missionaries because they're suffering. A lot of that suffering is in that area. You can pray for all of us that take short-term trips. I'm scheduled to do a trip to India this year. I'm waiting to see if that's going to be possible because of all the changes. Same with China. So we can pray for our missionaries. You can pray for church planners. You can pray for all these kind of people. Why? Because they're going to go through this kind of thing. God answers prayer. Now look at verse 10, 1 Peter 5, 10. Back to 1 Peter. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered, watch this, a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Peter ends the letter by sending encouraging words. He wants to encourage the people. I'm believing this weekend. I know it's already happened in two services. If you listen to God's word this morning, you will leave encouraged. You will absolutely leave encouraged. Because I want you to write this down. God loves to speak words of encouragement to us. Because life is tough. Life hurts. Life is painful for every single one of us. There's great times and there's difficult times. And Peter gets there. He knows they're suffering in spiritual warfare. 
But God's word is a comfort to us. Since the Holy Spirit is the author. He's another comforter. Now, notice how he starts verse 10. And the God of all grace. Every one of these encouraging words I'm going to give to you are based in God's grace. They're there. God's grace. Undeserved favor. A gift from God that cannot be earned. I want you to stop and think about this. Where would you be today without God's grace? You don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there, do you? We wouldn't be believers. If there's no grace, there's no believing. We wouldn't be going to heaven. It'd be hell on earth and then hell after death. But God gave us grace. There is never a day in our lives when we don't need God's grace. Now, I want you to write this down. You know this, but this is so important for us. Christ followers are saved by grace. And we live every day by God's grace. Every single day. Unmerited favor. You say, Professor Mark, I I get the saved part. We're saved by grace, not of works. We can't ever get to heaven by works. I understand that. But what, what do you mean I need God's grace every day? Well, let me give you a scenario. We sin and we ask God to forgive us. Why does he forgive us? Because we're good or because of his grace? Because of his grace, undeserved, undeserved. And then we say this, I'll never do it again. And God goes, yoy vey. He knows us. And we ask forgiveness again. Is the first thing he says, uh, it was 48 hours ago when you uh, told me you would never do it again. Three strikes and you're out. This is the second. Have you ever heard that from God? No, he doesn't like baseball. Of course. <laughs> you will never hear that from God. When sin abounds, grace abounds more. So I need grace when? Every single day. Thank God for God's grace. That should be an encouragement to you right now. Right now, that should be an encouragement to you. Now, here's really what he says. Look at that verse again. Look at that verse, what he says. He says, he has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. What's, what's Peter talking about? God has called us to spend eternity with him in heaven. If I'm a believer, that's where home is. Heaven is my home. So I want you to write this down. See the little E? That's encouragement. You'll see the little E in yellow. That's an encouragement to you. Every Christian should be encouraged with this this morning. Christ followers, our eternal life in heaven is secure. We're going home because we're good enough. I beat the curve. You didn't beat the curve. Sorry. Thank God there's no curve. It's called grace. I'm going home. Your eternity, your heaven, the place where you're going is secure. See, we have living hope because Jesus Christ died on the cross and was resurrected. I have hope. I'm not just hoping I get to heaven. The really word for hope is guaranteed, going to happen. Anybody encouraged that you have guaranteed place in heaven when you die? Anybody here? Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. That's exactly right. See, that's an encouragement to us. Even if we're now doing all of those kind of things. Now, look at the next. I want to say this very quickly, but I want to say this in a kind way. I absolutely know, as we have been every one of our services, pretty much every weekend, there's people who are unbelievers in our sanctuary. You've never turned your life over to God. And all of these amazing, encouraging truths, and I have many more to give you, none of them apply to you. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, it is fair. Because these are only two Christ followers. See, there is no good news for you as an unbeliever. You need to begin to understand Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a a good person. No, I just told you. You can't go to heaven by being good enough. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people. Well, how do I get my sins forgiven? I'll share that with you right at the end of the service. And you can change. Because then all of these things that I'm giving you this morning, these encouraging truths, will be yours. Look at the last one I just gave you. Our eternal life in heaven is secure. You can know when you leave this morning, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that you are going to heaven. That's part of the benefit of turning your life over to Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'm going to read a verse from Jesus, and you're going to say, I knew it. God's angry. He's mad. He like... Well, no, he's not. He wrote this verse in love. This is not a verse from a church. This is not a a verse from a disciple. This is a verse from Jesus. Take a look. John 8, 24. That is why I said to you, Jesus, that if you will die in your sins, in other words, you never asked God to forgive you, you never trusted him as your savior. You will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, You will die in your sins. What did Jesus claim to be? The way, the truth, and the life. Well, Pastor Mark, I'll become a Christian. Uh, Jesus is one of the great ways. Sorry. He is the only way. Now notice, my sin separates me from a holy God. Unless I get rid of it, I have no chance of being encouraged with the truths of the word of God. Every single person you're sitting around that's a Christian... We've all had to do the very same thing that you can do today and be sure that you're going to heaven. Look at verse 10 again. After you have suffered a little while. I don't like that. For me, sometimes suffering is longer than little. But here's the problem. You have to understand God's using these tests to encourage us, to grow us, to make us more like him. And here's one I want you to write. You'll see this, and it makes so much sense to us. Life's trials for Christ followers are short, little, when compared to the length of eternity. See, we have no way to even comprehend eternity. Forever, forever, forever. doesn't make any sense to us. You know, when we get to be 100, you say, that person going to live forever? 105? My wife and I talk about that. You want to live to be 120? My wife, I said, no, thank you very much. I'll just go live in heaven forever with a new body. Amen. Okay. Now here, look what Paul writes. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal later. That's an encouraging word. 
even what we're going through now is nothing compared to what's going to happen when we get to heaven. The glory that's going to be there. Now, these words were written to suffering Christians 2,000 years ago. But these words, these encouragements, every single one of them is for every person that's a Christian, that's a follower of Christ. These encouraging words are meant for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're at the end of a trial, the beginning of a trial. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. If you're a Christian, God will never let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. He'll always provide a way of escape. He's encouraging you this morning. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with your marriage. Or as I said before, finances, job, uh, maybe physical. And you just need to hear some kind of encouraging word. I want to give you an encouraging word this morning. One day when Jesus was out on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples, he went downstairs to sleep. And the storm came up. And the disciples were panicked out of their mind. And the boat's going like this, like this, like this. And they're talking to each other. Where is Jesus? He doesn't care. And Jesus came from down below. And what did he say? Really one word. Peace. And what happened to this? I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. I'm not done. I want you to close your eyes. This word is for you this morning. It's for me. Some of you are in a boat that's just tossing and turning. Physical, mental, emotion, spiritual, finances, marriage, difficulties that I don't even know about. And you need a word of encouragement this morning. God loves to encourage us. I'm going to say this word. Keep your eyes closed. This is not me saying it. This is Jesus saying it through me to you. Peace, be still. Father, would you bring your peace? You are the Prince of Peace. Would you bring your peace to the lives of these wonderful Christ followers? I can't do that. I need that word for myself. But would you bring it to them from the top of their head? to the soles of their feet. And when we leave this building in a few minutes, we'll leave better than we came in because the peace of God passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, look at verse 10. Look at what God wants to do in our life. Look at the end of verse 10. He himself will restore you Make you strong, firm, and steadfast. If I need restoring, I've fallen. God will provide whatever I lack. Same for you. I need God to help me. He'll make me strong. He'll give me whatever I need to finish well. Very often, we're almost ready to throw in the towel because we don't think we're going to be able to finish well. It, it just it doesn't seem right. I'm weak. I need to be strengthened. Well, let me read to you Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion of the day of Jesus Christ. He that began the work in you, he will finish it. All I have to do is submit to him. 
He will finish it. He'll strengthen you. He'll make you strong. And he'll give you a solid foundation. On Christ, my life is built. He's a rock. He doesn't move. He's stable. Don't worry about this. When Jesus got up, woo, peace, peace. Now, why will God do all of that? Because we deserve it? No, because he's the God of all grace. Think about that. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say this? Be encouraged. God's going to finish what he started. Come on, turn to him right now. Be encouraged. God's going to finish what he started. Any amens in the house? Come on. Amen. 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 Now, we're going to say these words. You get to talk twice. Peter finishes this whole teaching kind of with a doxology, kind of an ending thing. He says this, look at it. All power to him forever. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask everybody to say that together. But when you get to all power to him, I want you to point. Where is he? He's in heaven. I want you just to point there. Now, why all power to him? Because we would never finish unless his power was in us. Never do. So let's read it together. One, two, three. All power to him forever, ever, ever, ever. Amen. He's the only one worthy. He's the only one worthy. Amen. Isn't that amazing? From prideful Peter, I'm the only one that will stand. Whoops. So what does he say at the end? Nice book I wrote, eh? Uh, No, only to him goes all the glory. What a lesson he learned and what a lesson we need to learn. Now, verse 12 was kind of the ending. With the help of Silas, whom I regarded as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you, mm mm-hmm, And testifying that this is the true grace of God. So simply stand fast in it. Silas, most people believe, actually wrote the book and Peter dictated it. We're not sure, but that's what we really think happened. And that wouldn't be unusual. And then Silas took it and distributed it. Remember, it wasn't in the Bible. It was just a letter, an epistle. He took it to the churches, and they sent it round and round to each other. Had to handwrite it over and over again to send it to people there. And so that is what he did. He just said, stand fast in God's grace. You're fine. You're good. You're going to be it. I know it's difficult, but God is encouraging you. And then verse 13 is a real strange verse. She who is in Babylon chooses together with you and sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. We don't really know what she is. In the Bible, the church is kind of a bride. We're, we're the bride. So many people think it refers to the churches in the towns where maybe Peter dictated the letter. It could be Rome. It could be Babylon. It could be Jerusalem, uh, some other city he was talking about. And Mark is simply John Mark. He's one of the disciples. He was actually a disciple of Peter, and that's what it is. Now look at verse 14. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Well, let's take the first words. Greet one another with a kiss of love. That was very cultural in those days uh, to kiss people on the cheek and whatever. Still is in Europe and other places. In the United States, I don't want anybody doing that. I want you to just shake hands when you leave today. (laughs) Can you understand why I would say that? Yes, because we're going to arrest you. What a miserable world we live in. I'm just trying to make fun of a horrible situation. 
a horrible situation. Thanks for helping us stay pure, God, in this crazy world that we have. But look at the last line. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. That should remind you of something. Peace to everybody who is in Christ, has a relationship with Christ. Do you remember on the night that Jesus was born, angels came to the shepherds out in the field. And let's read what they said to them. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Well, who is God pleased with? Here it is. My lineage for you. What pleases God? Unbelievers who repent of their sins and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why does that please God? Because that was the purpose of every human being. When God designed people, they were to be 1,000% all in heaven with him and to worship him. But spiritual warfare came. So when Jesus came, what was he coming to do? Die for the whole world. So that they could repent, believe, and have peace with God. See, what separates us from peace with God is our sin. And you can't be good enough. You simply have to say to Jesus, I'm willing to admit I'm a sinner. I want to put my faith in you. And I want to be encouraged. And I will then have peace with God. Please, everybody bow your head. Nobody leaving. Christians, would you pray right now? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Those of you that are unbelievers, never accepted Christ, maybe you've fallen away, you're a prodigal, and you're backslidden, you need to make a recommitment. I'm speaking to you. Your destiny is on the line. If you've never accepted Christ, you have no chance of going to heaven. And you have absolutely no chance of really enjoying life here. Because the way of a sinner is hard. It just doesn't work. It's empty, lonely, guilty, fearful of death. But I'm going to give you this morning what Jesus gave us. The solution to life without God. It's to receive him by asking forgiveness of your sin. And in a moment, if you'd like to pray a prayer in your seat, under your breath and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your life, I'll lead you in that prayer. We're not going to take long, but I want to just say one thing to you. Sometimes in church, when we give an altar call, Jesus said to the people, if you're ashamed of Jesus, I won't mention it to the Father. You should be proud that you're a believer. And don't be ashamed of raising your hand because every single Christian here at some time, in some way, acknowledge they needed Jesus Christ. That's not a bad thing. That's the greatest thing you can ever do. You should be proud to say this morning, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark, teaching from 1 Peter, reminded us of the suffering that Peter's readers were experiencing. Tortures, executions, and excruciating suffering were part of many of their lives. Although we don't have to deal with quite the extreme pain those people did, we were taught that the same God who helped them survive will help us get through our trials as well. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This ends the teaching series in 1 Peter. We trust you've been encouraged to seek God and to rely on Him for help in dealing with our own difficulties. We've been reminded that we're not the only ones who have to deal with hardships, and that we should seek to encourage those around us that we see struggling with their life situations. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.